Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. Our scripture for today is Genesis 32, 3 through 12, 33, 1 through 12, and it's on the back of your bulletin. I have some help reading with me today. It's a quite lengthy text with lots of dialogue. So we have all the parts casted. Tyler will play the part of Jacob, Dan the part of Esau, and Lila will be the voice of God. Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them. Thus you shall say to the Lord, say to my Lord Esau, thus says your servant Jacob, I have lived with Laban and stayed until now, and I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male and female slaves, and I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I might find favor in your sight. The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him, and the flocks and herds and camels into two companies, thinking, If Esau comes to the one company and destroys it, then the company that is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all of the steadfast love and all of the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant, for with only my staff I have crossed the Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I am afraid of him. He may come and kill us all, the mothers with the children. Yet you have said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted because of their number. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maids. And he put the maids with their children in front, then Leah with her children, and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on ahead of them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And when Esau looked up and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids drew near, they and their children, and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And finally Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. And Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I met? To find favor with my Lord. I have enough, my brother. 
keep what you have for yourself. No, please, if I find favor with you, then accept my present from your hand, or from my hand. For truly, to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Since you have received me with such favor, please accept my gift that is brought to you, because God has graciously dealt with me, and because I have everything I want. So he urged him, and he took it. And then Esau said, Let us journey on our way, and I will go alongside you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. What does God look like? I asked this question on Facebook this week, and man, oh man, the responses were incredible. Some people see God as portrayed by authoritative actors, Morgan Freeman of Bruce Almighty, Octavia Spencer in The Shack, James Earl Jones in general, and perhaps Tafiti from Moana for our younger congregants. Others see God as a person, a parental figure, a mother who feeds us and gathers us under her wing, a father who holds our hand and pulls us up off the ground, someone with kind eyes and a soft voice, a friend, the face of understanding. Others gave the Sunday school answer, Jesus. I mean, they're not wrong, I suppose. Others look to scripture for help, fire, the least of these, brilliant colors from depictions in Revelation. And many said something along the lines of you and me, us, when we're at our best in our diversity, creation as a whole. One person said, when people learn to be more themselves, they give us a gift by showing us more of what God looks like. And others drew on metaphors, a broken mirror that reflects us all, and when put together, gives us a more complete picture of God. Or God is like water, a prolific element that takes on many forms and of which we are made. Some said something like energy, just the general animating force of life. Or sunlight, a powerful and energizing and also terrifying life force not needing to be seen or felt to know that it is there. We're a circle, never ending, utterly connected. And finally, others quoted artistic musings of the divine, like the quote from Les Mis, to love another person is to see the face of God. Or the 90s song, what if God were one of us, just a slob like one of us. And aside from really meaningful ways of thinking about God, what I appreciated about people's answers is that it gave me insight into those who responded. You know, some people see God as someone, a person who holds their hand, who has a face, who can give us a hug. And others see God as the underpinnings of creation, a more metaphysical and abstract idea, something that is not a person, per se, but is at the same time, somehow, personal. And others find it helpful to use metaphors of sto- or stories, 
God is like this, God is like that. Now, that's not to say that every rendering of God is equally valid. We will not be covering a millennia of theology in the next few minutes, so don't worry. But the point about diversity was apt, that if we are all made in the image of God, then somehow the images that we all reflect in their diversity and vastness give the world a different way of thinking about God. We began this homecoming series with the parable of the prodigal son. The son had left home and found himself in dire straits, and so he decided to return home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father ran to him and embraced him and kissed him and threw him a party. We considered how, even though most of, the, most of us knew the story as the story of the prodigal son, that this was actually the story about a man who had two sons. And this story about a man who had two sons had been played out many times in Scripture. Papa Adam with his sons, Cain and Abel. Father Abraham with his sons, Isaac and Ishmael. And dear old dad, Isaac, with his two sons, Jacob and Esau. But in the story of the prodigal son, in that particular story of a man who had two sons, the broken story was mended. The father finally got it right. The family reunited. And it wasn't a perfect or easy fix, but the healing got to begin, thanks be to God. And while that reunion was about a man who had two sons, today's reunion is not about the father at all, but rather the sons. The reunion we read of today has very similar language of the prodigal son reunion, running, hugging, kissing. And what Jacob thought might end in bloodshed ended instead in an embrace. But before we get to that reunion, we should go over the part of the story that we skipped. Though it doesn't involve Esau, it's essential to what happens with Esau. So in between hearing that Esau was coming with 400 men, yikes, by the way, and Esau finally arriving, Jacob spends a night alone under the stars. And while he is sleeping, someone attacks him and begins a wrestling match. And it's never truly clear who it is, a person, a messenger, an angel, God's own self. We'll never know. But in response to the question, what does God look like? Perhaps Jacob might have written a surprise midnight attacker. And they wrestle all night, even though the one who initiated the struggle asks to be left, let go. But Jacob is a relentless opportunist when it comes to blessings. And this is quite possibly the most frightening night of his life. So he says, not until you bless me. So the person asks his name and then gives him a new name. Israel, for he wrestled with God and came out on the other side of it. And Jacob, injured from the fight, walked with a limp for the rest of his life. And he names that place of struggle Peniel, which means the face of God. For he believed that at that place, in that struggle, he saw the face of God. This is one of the most mysterious stories in the Bible but it is only one part of our story today. Because like I said, today's story is about Jacob 
in detail. So if you remember, like Miss Becky said, Jacob and Esau were twins, but Esau was the older one, so he was the one in line to receive the big inheritance, the blessing from his father. But Jacob, taking advantage of Esau one day, swindled him out of his blessing, tricking Esau in a way that only a brother knows how to do. And then as their father Isaac was nearing death, Jacob conspired with his mom to dress up like Esau and trick his father into giving him what was not his. So when he had received the blessing meant for his brother, Jacob ran. Esau was murderous with rage toward Jacob. And he was also distraught at being robbed of his future for the gift his father had always intended for him. For a blessing is not simply a wish for well-being or a prayer. Blessings had material, tangible, life-altering consequences. With the blessing came money, property, authority, and now Esau had none of that. He would have to build his life differently. His sense of place in the family and community irrevocably changed. And in this heartbreaking scene at the end of the deceit, Esau begs his father, is there any blessing left for me? Jacob had pulled the rug out from underneath him, destabilizing his life and leaving him to bury first his father and then his mother alone. And while Jacob had been on the run for the past 20 years, he had not learned his lesson in honesty. We read that he was leaving his uncle Laban's place. And the reason he was leaving was that he had swindled Laban out of goods. Now, Laban was a trickster himself, so perhaps it was not all Jacob's fault, but nevertheless, he cannot stay, and so he hits the road. And we learn in his prayer to God that God had told him to return, that good would come from it. But Jacob is dubious and about this call from God, but he does head home. And he's right to be afraid to return home. He's right to fight back when someone attacks him in the middle of the night, for it could be any number of people taking their chance at revenge. It could be Laban or Esau or some other wronged party for all we know. But after his encounter with the person in the middle of the night, after hearing that his brother was on his way with an army, Jacob arranges his family for safety and gets a boatload of gifts ready to go because he is prepared to trade his livelihood for his life. But there's no need. Before Jacob can squeak out an I'm sorry, he's engulfed in a bear hug, his shoulders soaked by his brother's tears. Jacob offers him gifts, and Esau waves them off. And Jacob says, seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. And the end of our text that Dan read is a benediction of sorts. Then Esau said, let us journey on our way, and I will go alongside you. It's as if the song that Nicole and Didi just sang was written for this moment. Lights will guide you home and ignite your bones, and I will try to fix you. So Jacob and Esau reconcile in this beautiful turn of events. Jacob, not having changed much since their last encounter, finds Esau transformed, that Esau extends mercy in a way that God only can. And they 
presumably share a meal together, swapping stories and catching up on all that has transpired. And later on in the story, they will part ways due to differences of opinion, but this time on good terms. Reconciliation does not always mean a close relationship, but it does mean mended relationships, repair, confronting the rupture, and perhaps for Jacob, healing was in the return, not in not getting lost in the first place. And I wonder if to Jacob, God looked like a ruddy, hairy, burly man who was generous with his feelings and smelled like the sun. A few hours before, God had looked like a surprise midnight attacker, but now, God looked like his brother. And we realize in this story of return that the life Jacob lived with God and the life Jacob lived with his brother were two sides of the same coin. As we return today to our building, to this sanctuary, to a place that, that is at once the same and different than when we last gathered here together. Perhaps there is apprehension. Maybe we're not sure what we're returning to. We're filled with hopes, fears, doubt that we heard God's call right, sleepless nights, loneliness. Maybe we're tired of constantly pivoting and being in flux. And yet, what we find in this moment is that God does not seem to discriminate. The face of God finds us in the midnight attack and in the embrace of our brother. And often those two occurrences are wrapped up in one another. There may be things that we are not expecting as we re-enter this place. There may be unresolved pain there may be things we have done or left undone. There may be people who did not make it to this moment of return. But what we can expect as we come home is that we will see the face of God. And we need only to turn to the person next to us to see what God looks like. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.